yeah, he's 28 years old right now. He was born in 92. But... Okay. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I was two, two years off. For the two so years. I'm off a couple of years. It's not my money. It's Artie's. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode number six. Opening day, press start. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Hey, we are two lifelong fans of the Angels who just happen to be brothers, hence the Super Halo Brothers, right? (laughs) And uh, we appreciate you joining us, and we're also, uh, we encourage you to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Leave us a rating, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We've got a few reviews already, and they were super helpful, and gave us some some great feedback, so we appreciate that. Mike, we've got listeners all over the world. Did you know that? We are (laughs) world-renowned. We are in, we got listeners in Finland and in Canada and in Switzerland somehow. So <laughs> Wow. Look at us getting our name out there. Thanks for listening to the Super Halo Brothers podcast. Um, Mike, we made some news and a splash on, on Monday night. Tell us about that. We did. The Angels rebuilt the entire bullpen in 24 hours. <laughs> we can rebuild it. Yes, we can. We, can we are going to win. They heard about our <laughs> podcast. They know they need to win the World Series. Right. And so they decided to help a brother out and they got to redo work. the bullpen. They did. They they brought in three pitchers, Steve Cichek. I probably mispronounced that, didn't I? Cichek. Cichek, yep. Him too, his cousin. Uh, <laughs> Tony Watson and yeah. James Hoyt. And yeah. each of these pitchers I'm actually really excited about. I think they're going to be really helpful to the Angels. Yeah, I mean, what can be what more can be said other than depth? experience and consistency they um, sent they sent ty buttry down and i think yeah, that, that, that he needed some i think he needs some seasoning and i think what i'm feeling from this team is that they don't want to walk into an inning bring in somebody from the bullpen and cross their fingers i think right. they want to be confident in who they're bringing in i i love c uh, his cousin too i, I love him <laughs> um he had a really difficult year last year but his previous mm-hmm. three years in 251 games, he had a 252 ERA. He had an ERA plus of 167. And so I think that he can actually bring some value to the bullpen. Tony Watson, he was in 21 games last year, 250 ERA. His whip was 0.89, and he had a strikeout to walk ratio of 5 to 1. And I love so that. That's huge. Yeah, I, I dove into the stats as well, and uh, it's interesting. James Hoyt had a 36.5 hard-hit ball percentage last season, and Ooh. the exit velocity off of off of uh, pitches that uh, were hit was 87 miles per hour. So um, you think about uh, the normal stat there is a little bit – is more in the 90s. So yeah. to see that he had a, uh, a lower ex- – uh, Hard hit ball rate. Um, the exit velo is not that high. He had a 45% ground ball rate, and I think that's key for anybody who's going to be pitching on the Angels this season is that yeah. ground ball rate, especially with that defense behind you. Same thing with uh, C-Shack. So Steve C-Shack, wow, C-Shack sells C-Shack by the seashore. Um, <clears throat> you got to be careful when you say his name. <laughs> you um, do. <laughs> going back to 2017, he has 
around a 50% ground ball rate mm. um, each season, which I think is really significant. Okay. Um, and then Tony Watson, who you said is is option to the alternate site. Is that right? No, actually, James Hoyt was option James to the Hoyt. alternate site. Tony actually, they're, they're in uniform and are, are going to be pitching, and it looks like they're actually going to be on the opening day roster. I love that. Tony Watson's got a, a, a 2.80 ER, uh, career ERA, so that's yeah. really significant. Wow. And... Perry Manassian announced on Monday night, and I'm so thrilled to hear this. Chris Rodriguez has joined the team, so he will he made the roster this season. Got to applaud that. I'm Absolutely. excited about that. I think that's a great move, and I think that he's going to be a really key bullpen piece. And Aaron Sleggers, or Sledgers, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Sleggers, like Slugger. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I'm liking what I see. Yeah, before we jump into the final week of spring training, I think that we need to talk about something very important that happened over the weekend. Since we're talking about pitchers and we're excited yes. about what's happening with Angel Pitching, I need to talk to you about your new best friend, Jared Weaver. Oh, my bestie? Your bestie. Jay Weave? Jay Weave. <laughs> That's can what we you, call him. Can you talk about your Twitter interaction with Weaver? <laughs> well, listen, on Sunday night, uh, Darren Sutton and Mark Ubezo were talking about who they'd like to see back for the Angels' 60th season celebration. And, you know, Gooby always tweets at you. He always replies. So yeah. I, I tagged him and I said, hey, uh, would love to see Weave back for the celebration. And I tagged Weaver in it. I tagged Gooby in it. Gooby liked it. Yeah. And then Weaver replied and said, they lost my number a long time ago. Oh. <laughs> oh. And what did I do? I immediately texted you and said, what do I say? To yes. This? Yes. So my clever response was, tell Weave we would never leave him on red. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. So we said, hey, you know what? We'll do our own celebration. You can be our guest of honor and we won't leave you on red. And he and said, then, and then, hold on. And then oh. we had high, high hopes, right? Yes. We had some high, high hopes. And yes. then he said, no, thanks. <laughs> but he said, good luck with the podcast, though. He said, good luck with the podcast. That's all I needed. And I got a chance to say, hey, man, thank you. You're my, Side note, you're my favorite angel of all time. Um, and uh, appreciate the memories. Appreciate the fire you brought to the field. And, and then he responded with a gif of the yodel kid yes. spinning around and pointing. <laughs> Go to Twitter, at Super Halo Brothers, and you can see that interaction right now, and you can see the gif that he sent back. That was the best part of the whole interaction. Well, oh, yeah. outside of him saying, no thanks. <laughs> no thanks. So the thing about this interaction that was surprising to me is just to know that... Um, he feels like the Angels lost his number. Interesting, now, right? He did. He did, and him and his son threw out the first pitch on opening day of 2018. So okay. that was something. Um, yeah. But I guess there hasn't been a lot of communication. Um, somebody, somebody in the in the Twitter thread said, "Yeah, when you went to San Diego, they lost it." And he was like, "This is I thought was newsworthy." Jared said. Um, I call him Jared because we're on a first name basis. Now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, but Weaver said, "Hey, I was open to a minor league contract with the Angels. They didn't want to do it, so I took the major league job. Wouldn't you do the right. same thing?" Right. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, "Pipe down to the to the fan." Good for and, him. And and pipe down is the exact Jared Weaver energy that he brought to the mound. <laughs> And that's why I love him so much. I love it. Well, we know he's listening right now, and so we yes. we just Hello, want Jared. you to know that we are uh, we are are fighting for you. We're standing next to you, and we're not stalkers, and we're not creepers. And even though it sounds like it, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not standing next to you for real, it, theoretically. That's not me outside your window right now. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. I do want to talk about 
Weaver and where he adds up, lines up, where he fits in the all-time Angels starting pitchers. Mm. And and I think we have to we have to say starting pitchers because if we added in some of those bullpen guys, I think this list becomes a really big list and I yeah. think it actually becomes probably an entire podcast because we're right. going to have to find out where we put everybody. And so right. as I was looking at where I would put Jared Weaver, I actually and and tell me what, how you feel about this. I actually would put him as my number five all time on the Angels list. And so here's here's my five: Nolan yeah, that, Ryan. That seems right to me. Yeah, uh, uh, Nolan Ryan. Yeah, is going to be number one, of course. Um, and I'm looking at his stats. He only was with us for eight years, but he was 138, 121. He had a, a, a ERA just over three. He had 2,400 strikeouts. <laughs> and by the way, Nolan Ryan never won a Cy Young. I don't know how that happened. Is that true? I don't know how that happened. I don't know why that happened, but that is a travesty. Nolan Who are they Ryan, the Cy Young to then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you know, Shane Bieber. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, number two, Frank Tanana. And he was with us for, mm-hmm. again, just eight years. Really great numbers. Number three, Dean Chance. Early sixties, mm-hmm. he was actually our first Cy Young Award winner, and then I would put number four, Chuck Finley. I yeah. love me some Chuck Finley. He is an incredible pitcher, big, tall, left-handed hoss. And then I would put Jared Weaver, and I know that you would probably argue for Brian Fuentes there, John, but I would put Jared <laughs> Weaver at no. number five. No, you no. wouldn't. No, we we're not fans. And but Brian, if you're listening, we appreciate all of the little that you did for the Angels. <laughs> Brian Fuentes can't close a game, can't close a door. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel, John? <laughs> yeah, and you know, that I, I I agree with your assessment. I think him at number five makes perfect sense. You might even argue, you know, Lackey might be in the yeah, equation there. Right. Um, you got Definitely Mark Lang- top ten. Yeah, Mark Langston's in there somewhere. Yes, Jim Abbott. Um, Jim Abbott's in there, of course. And I actually think about the 90s pitchers and how much better they probably actually are considering they were pitching in the steroid era. Right. Like those guys, there's got to be a stat out there for adjusted, you know, yeah. stats for, for yeah. steroids versus non-steroids. If you actually go to the 1991 season, mm-hmm. that was a season where it was Langston, Finley, and Abbott at the top of the pitching mm. rotation. And each of them won plus 15 games. Oh, that's, oh man. And, but I think that year they actually finished 81 and 81 or 82 and 80. They didn't have much Dang. of a, they didn't have much of an offense and they didn't have much of a bullpen, but those three guys each had at least 15 wins that year. What a, and they were all lefties. What a, what yeah. a starting rotation. Could we actually bring them from the nineties into our rotation today? Can you imagine <laughs> what that would be like for us? It'd be incredible. Let's get let's get Langston out of the radio booth and Gubaza out of the TV booth and and put him on the mound <laughs> just to see what they can do. Let's right. see what they can do. Um, but anyway, yeah. So um, that I, I agree with your assessment, and I also think it's really interesting the relationship between uh, Weaver and the Angels. I hope that gets better. Yeah. Maybe with with Perry Manassian in charge now, um, you know whatever tensions are underlying that that goes away because I think. I'd love to see Weaver retire as an angel. I know he officially retired while he was under contract with the Padres. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if he can, you know, do the one day thing and and retire that way because I think he deserves it. I mean, we wouldn't have been the team that we were in the last decade. Yeah. Actually, maybe the last, you know, uh, fifteen years without without him on the team. So Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And I love that when when 
new ownership took over after Disney sold it and we got Artie, um, it seemed like they made a very intentional effort to reach out to some of those veterans and some of those Halo Hall of Famers. Yeah. And, and I think that Weave is a part of that. And, and it might just be that they just haven't had conversation. They haven't engaged in conversation since he was sure. throwing out that first pitch. Maybe his first pitch that he threw out wasn't a strike and they got ticked. I don't know. You know. <laughs> well, and all of this to say, I mean, the reason why I have so much appreciation for Weaver is the fact that he took the hometown discount. Yes. He could he could have, you know, he could have been a free agent, he could have left, he could have made a million billion dollars and he said, "How much money do I need?" And and we've talked about this before when we talked about our favorite players, but uh, all that to say, I think that he has shown a lot of loyalty to the Angels in his career. I hope that they show that back to him. Yeah, um, agreed. At some point, so Agreed. And to know uh, with, that he was actually going to take a minor league deal to stay with the Angels for that final right? year yeah. is big time. That's big time. Absolutely. So we're in the middle of spring training, John. And the thing that I wanted us to have a discussion about is what we've noticed. This is uh, this is the last day that spring training takes place. And then we're going to mm-hmm. start the regular season. Press start. Opening day is coming. <laughs> and so um, let's take a look at four categories. The, the simplest basic categories, pitching, hitting, defense, and coaching. When it comes to pitching, who's standing out to you? Oh man. Um, there's a couple of things that stand out to me, but, uh, I'll, I'll run through those all really fast. But the first thing we have to talk about, um, is Chris Rodriguez. Yes. That two seam fastball is just straight up nasty. He's hit 98 with that thing. And I watched him throw it to a right-handed batter and it was out of the zone and then sneaks back into the zone at 98 Wow. And he's just pumping that thing in there. And then same thing with the lefty. It's it's in on the hands and then it swoops in to the strike zone. And it's yeah. just like, how's he doing that? It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm bummed to hear about uh, Sluggers because he has some crazy movement on his stuff too. He does. He's like 6'10". So speaking of Weaver, like like Sluggers is up there in the height department with, with Jared Weaver in terms of tall pitchers, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's got some crazy movement. Um, what I'm a little bit bummed about, I, I haven't been impressed with Heaney and Canning. And I think that um, yeah. this can be something that can be worked out. But they are doing all the work when they're on the mound. Hmm. They're not coming in there um, trusting their stuff because they uh, it almost seems like they're going for strikeouts or nothing at all. They're nibbling and they're not letting the team behind them do the work that they can do. So I think that they need to stop overthinking each and every pitch because, like, as a fan, I'm sitting at home on my couch, uh, you know, comfy and cozy, and I can see it from the television that these guys are obviously thinking about every single meticulous pitch that they're putting out there. And I'm like, man, you know, these guys, they have the the electric stuff – that is going to take them far. You hear about it with Heaney all the time, like his stuff, his stuff, his stuff. And to know that like they're trying to go out there and, and get a strikeout and make it happen. Like they're trying to force things to happen that they don't yeah. need to do. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. my thought on the pitching so far. How about you? I, I really like Alex Cobb. He has got a quality start in all of those uh, innings that he's pitched so far yes. in spring training, which I think is huge for our team. Seven innings pitched, eight strikeouts. Mm. Um, in, in a negative way, what thing, one thing that's standing out is Rizelli Iglesias just makes me nervous. I don't see mm. a confident closer there. And I'm actually wondering if, perhaps there's a part in the season there's a moment in the season when Chris Rodriguez actually takes over Um, I don't know if they actually give that to him as a young rookie as a young guy but I guess 
what you what you do in spring training is you work out the kinks, and I think Iglesias is working out the kinks. I just yeah. hope that that's the case, but that right. makes me a bit nervous for our bullpen. How about how about hitting, John? What what looks good to you right now? Uh, one thing that makes me excited about the hitting is Justin Upton, and oh, yeah. th- the reason why is because he's making contact. Yep. When Justin Upton is not doing well, it's because he's striking out. He's watching. Uh, he's striking out, looking. He's swinging and missing. And even though um, lately it seems like he's been getting out um, during his at bats, I think it, uh, the most important thing to focus on there is how hard he's hitting the ball. Mm. He's making really solid contact, which means that he's hitting the ball well. He's seeing the ball well, and you know that when he's making contact, he's in a good place. So mm. if as long as he goes without swinging and missing and or just watching the ball hit the strike zone and whiz yeah. right past him. Yeah. I think that he's going to be okay. So that's encouraging to me. Yeah. I completely agree with you on oh, that good. one. Uh, last episode, I completely disagreed with you. I completely agree with you, and I like that he's going opposite way. He's hitting that mm-hmm. that right center gap. I mean, he's hitting 350. He's got an on-base percentage of 395. His OPS is over 1100 and so that's exciting so if we could just bubble wrap him um when he's not (laughs) when he's not playing when he's walking around he doesn't stub his toe that would be fantastic (laughs) how about the defense john what do you what do you see on defense and is there a particular player that you think is really going to be helpful to our defense in this season yeah i do because speaking of upton um as always he makes me real nervous in left field. Yes, he does. Um, yeah. And I feel nervous about Dexter Fowler in right field. Yep. But I'm relieved at the fact that uh, Juan Lagares is, is on this team yep. as our fourth outfielder. And honestly, I'd rather see him start over Dexter Fowler, maybe to start the season. I agree. Um, I know that we talked about that before. So I, I do take comfort in the fact that um, if Upton or Fowler is not doing great, in the field or if it's late in the game and we need to stop those runs, we can put Juan Lagares out there and his gold glove defense. Yeah. I love what I've yeah. seen from him over spring training. And so uh, I think that he is uh, a fail safe in that sense. How about you? I'm going to say Juan Lagares as well. Um, okay. And, and because I think that he actually could start in left field and then Jay up can actually DH more often. I know that yeah. that puts a weird, uh, puts the manager in a weird spot with Albert and with Jared Walsh, but I think that you can have Jay up DH, and I think that you can have Lagaris play left field. Obviously, that also means that you have to think about what you're going to do with Shohei Otani, but I think Lagaris is going to be a huge asset to our team, maybe a defensive replacement. The mm-hmm. other person that I'm actually keeping my eye on is Anthony Rendon. I like mm. him, and yeah. I like him at third base, and I think he's Adrian Beltre for us, and yeah. I think that he actually is going to hold it down. I know he just had a, a short year last year, as everybody did, but I am excited to see him play third base. I think that's why Jose Iglesias is a little bit wild and a little bit crazy right now because he has the freedom to be able to go and get the ball and knowing that I got Rendon to my right and he's going to cover my back if I actually miss something so I'm excited to see what Rendon can do at third base in a full season I love that how about coaching Uh, yeah as far as the coaching and, and and what's making a difference Um, Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register on Monday put out an article where he talked to Matt Wise, who we all know had to step in as the interim pitching coach. And so far, I think he's doing a great job. Um, Yeah, I agree. He's he's been with the Angels for 10 seasons in some capacity as a coach. And one thing that Matt Wise said in the article was that he 
uh, knows the guys really well because he's worked with a lot of them. That's and great. And when he when he knows which ones um, want coaching, and some guy he knows which of the guys are going to say, you know what, just give me the ball, let me do my thing, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important for a coach to know because you know how how much you need to lean into one particular person, and then maybe be a little bit more hands off with another person, and you know offer your insight when necessary. So that was a really interesting article with uh matt wise um that was that was jeff fletcher in the oc register i love you i'm gonna sound like a basic angel fan here but i am so thankful for joe madden and the reason why i'm thankful for joe madden is that he made the call with jose rojas he made the call with chris rodriguez Mm -hmm. he's making the call with this is what we're going to do and i'm not going to negotiate that he didn't feel the pressure of man i probably should keep taylor ward up he kept juan lagares and there's a potential that lagares actually starts instead of fowler he's not he's not going to argue putting jared walsh at first base and so far in the lineups he's had pujols at six and i love albert and and i'm glad that he's been on our team and i give him all due respect but i'm also thankful that we're not putting him in a position where he is not actually productive. And I love that Joe Madden is making those calls and he's not allowing a tip of the cap or he's not allowing baseball lore to actually get in the way. (laughs) He's actually making decisions. And I feel like even with what we've talked about previous, getting those three pitchers, I feel like they're going for it. They're going to make it happen this year and they're going to fight for a playoff spot. And that just gets me so pumped up. Yes, I love it. It's nice to... Um, feel confident in the decisions that he's making because sometimes yes. it's like you want like in any other season with any other manager you'd be like oh yeah Chris Rodriguez would be great and he makes total sense but they're not gonna do that right <laughs> right yeah with Osmus and with Sosha I would feel that in my bones I would feel that like they wouldn't make that decision because of stats because of numbers or because of feel that Sosha and his team had and I love that Madden was like nah man we're going with this kid because he's got something special and the thing about this kid is many people haven't seen him and that's going to be the key he's going to look really really great for the first couple of months which will build his confidence and then in those dog days of summer I think they can give him some breaks maybe have some of these veterans come in and fill some of his slot but I think he's going to be great this year and it's all because our coach our manager is saying let's go for it Yeah, I love that attitude. Um, Speaking of going for it, so we know that opening day is on Thursday. This podcast should drop Wednesday, so that's basically tomorrow. Yeah! Less less than a day. And uh, so we appreciate you guys listening. Um, Now, the Angels have an interesting schedule ahead because they have a great uh, series opener against the White Sox. Um, After that, I'm going to the opening game of the Astros series. And you're ready to Um, boo. You've got your thumb upside down so that you can let people know how you feel <laughs> i've been working i've been working out my thumb yep. getting it ready um and then shortly after that they uh they actually aren't going to toronto they're going to florida to play the blue jays that's right that's um, right i forgot about that so they'll be they'll be at their uh their uh grapefruit league site and then um they'll meet the royals yep. after that so those are the first four series so uh what you and i have done mike is uh, broken down and taken turns um, what these series are going to look like. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk through four important points: what needs to go right, what must happen, what can't happen, and what do we need to know about the opponent. Do you mind if I start with the White Sox? Yeah, why don't you? So uh, one thing that needs to happen with uh, with the White Sox, or I should say, one thing that needs to go right is that starting pitching can't blow up. Yep. <laughs> and that is an yep. obvious point to make, but I don't want that to be the talking point. When the season gets going, we have too much talent and so, so many miles ahead of us that if if uh, 
the pitching blows up in the first series, and that becomes the talking point for how the Angels started the 2021 season. I don't want to hear it because yeah. <laughs> that yeah. just doesn't need to happen. Um, now, what must happen um, for me is that Shohei needs to have a good start on Sunday Night Baseball. It's on ESPN. Agreed. It's a nationally broadcast game. Everybody's talking about him. Um, I was a little bit bummed because we know that he had a blister issue against the Dodgers on Monday. And yeah. then MLB yeah. like had a series of videos on Instagram where all of those home runs that the Dodgers hit off of him were like in a row. And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad MLB, MLB is showing that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, but to be fair, I mean, they were hitting them runs, but they left out the part about the, the blister. <laughs> the, the good part about that, though, is that I think Shohei, we've talked about it in previous episodes, Shohei has this longing, this desire to actually prove himself. He said, and we quoted him a couple weeks ago, he yeah. said, I know I was terrible last year and I wasn't fun to watch and I'm going to change the narrative this year. And so MLB Network, keep playing those home runs off of Shohei because I think it's going to put a <laughs> fire in his belly. Absolutely. Um, and, and the next thing I said, what can't happen for the Angels, they can't start one and three. I'm okay with two and two. I'm okay with three and one. I'm okay with four and oh. Yeah. But we can't we can't start the season one and three because again, I like that. the talking point year after year is our slow start. Let's not do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple of interesting things to know about the White Sox, Mike. The first thing is that Lucas Giolito is going to be their opening day starter. Okay. Um, and the dangerous thing about him is that he's got a 1.84 batting average against. Um, so getting hits off of him in that first game is going to be really tough. I think Bundy's going to put up a really good fight. Um, and if our bats just go slightly bit cold, it's going to be a struggle in that first game. So yeah. opening day, we yeah. might not take that one. Um, but the interesting thing is MLB.com has ranked the White Sox the seventh rotation in MLB, and they're number two behind the Yankees in the AL. Wow. Um, so that's a really interesting through line throughout this uh, throughout this series that we need to watch for. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I, I would be more worried – if uh, Eloy Jimenez was still with the team, but unfortunately he's going to be out about five to six months. Yeah, I saw that. Um, and they actually have a couple of options. Um, they've got uh, Larry Garcia and they've got Adam Engel, who they both had great averages um, that could replace him in left field, but um, they are not going to give the White Sox the 31 home runs that Eloy gave yeah. them in 2019. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh, those are some things to watch for. I think Lucas Giolito is going to be really hard to hit off of. Um, but if anybody can do it, I think it's our offense. And I think is our, if our offense is still hot, um, let's make it happen. So Absolutely. that's, that's what's going on with the White Sox. That's the opening series. How about the Astros? Mike? All right. I get to talk about Houston, John. Oh, he's rubbing the hands. <laughs> <laughs> First thing, what, what needs to go right is the angels need to stay calm. Mm. They need to stay calm. And I don't know, I'm not in the inner workings, and I don't know how they feel about one another, but I do think that there is this repeat of last year. They were soft on the Astros. Some teams, except for the Dodgers, were soft on the Astros and didn't really (laughs) hold them accountable to some of the things that took place after they were caught cheating in 2017. And so I think that this is actually going to be a reset of that where people are going to be excited. I want to beat this team. I want to show this team that they can't beat us. I think the Angels need to stay calm and not allow their emotions to get the best of them. What can't happen is they can't be intimidated because this is not the same team. No, this is not the same team. And I think that they're easily 
beatable. What needs to happen is that they need to have a full lineup production. It can't yeah. just be Mike. It can't just be Rendon. It can't just be Shohei. They need the whole lineup to come through. If Fletch is getting on, they need somebody to knock him in. I think Justin Upton needs to have a big, big series in this in this series with, with Houston. And I believe it's just two games, but I think that they need to have a big, big series with this. And the thing that I know about Houston is I think that they're going to want to prove themselves initially to start the season. And so I think they're going to come in hyped. I think they're going to come in excited. And I I, I know the Angels might actually want to meet that, but I, I want them to meet that with a steadiness, with a calm, and with an ability to be able to take them out. So that's what needs to happen against the Houston Astros. The next team is the Blue Jays. So tell me about that. Yeah, so when it comes to the Blue Jays, what we need to go right when we play against them is uh, keep this in mind. The Blue Jays had the 10th best, or they were 10th in ERA last season. Um, so what that tells me is that we need to play small ball. We need to make contact. We need to stack up those hits and get those runs however you can because I think if you're pesky with the Blue Jays rotation um, and their bullpen as well, I think that you can really discourage them if you're just if you're if everybody's being David Fletcher and and making contact and getting yeah. small hits and yeah. hitting other guys in. I think that's uh that's going to be really good for us. Um, what must happen is the Angels need to take advantage of the lack of defense behind the uh behind their pitching, um and make contact. You know the the defense hasn't been ranked very high for the Blue Jays, so I think that if the Angels make contact. Um, then they can do some great things on the base paths. So. A hit or an error, right? Yeah, exactly. You got to make them work for it when when you make contact, and I yeah. think that's important. Um, what can't happen with the Blue Jays is we uh, very likely Springer and then Semyon will be at the top of the batting order. We can't let those guys get on base, so we can't yeah. be walking those two. We can't um, let them get hits. Um, if it's one or the other, that's better than having them both on base. Yes. And so I yeah. think at the t- uh, what the Angels need to do is avoid having those guys get on uh, on base at the top of the order. And I think that we can do that. Yeah. Um, what to know about the Blue Jays. This is really important. They're going to be playing the Blue Jays in Florida because they can't go back to Canada because of the travel restrictions. So I think psychologically that might play into um, you know how this game or this series goes. But some guys to watch for, I mean... They added George Springer, and he's going to provide a lot of offense to this team. I think it's a fresh start for him to get out of Houston and put the trash cans behind him. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. yep. Um, I'll still boo him when when the Blue Jays come to town. Oh, heck yeah. uh, Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) But they also, you know, they added Marcus Simeon, which I think was a great addition at shortstop. Got Bo Bichette, of course. I love Bo Bichette. And then Vlad Jr. actually has slimmed down quite a bit. And he is in great shape. Look out. So, um, and this is the final thing that we need to be wary of. They were third in runs scored last year before Springer signed with the team. So they've they've only added more uh, run scoring ability in George Springer being in there. there. So um, those are the things to look out for in this series against the Blue Jays. What about the Royals, Mike? Before we move on, I saw a great picture of Vladimir Sr. Mm -hmm. with Miguel Cabrera when Miguel Cabrera first came up. And it was at an all-star game and they were talking. You could tell they were having a great time. And then it said, flash forward. And it had Miguel Cabrera standing next to Vlad Jr. And you could tell that they're laughing and having a great time. And so I just just love that there's some history there. And I love that these guys have had long careers. And I hope Vlad Jr. has a great career, just not against us. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> the fourth team we're playing is the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. And this this is going to be, I think, a pivotal series for a couple of reasons. One, what needs to go right is the Angels need to pitch. This mm-hmm. is going to be like the third time through the rotation. And yeah. so we're going to get a very good idea of who we actually have and if spring training was just a fluke um, for for Jose Quintana and I also think Dylan Bundy and Alex Cobb I think it's going to be a huge series depending on who is actually pitching and mm-hmm. if Griffin Canning is in there and even if Shohei is in there we need to pitch I think the starters have to at least go five innings potentially six innings if they can get into the seventh inning against Kansas City I think that we have a really great shot at sweeping that series nice what can't happen is we can't blow saves Right. And I, I, I mentioned Rizal Iglesias and spring training and some of the issues he's had. I think that we just can't blow saves. And we're in the fourth series, and I think that's actually going to be an indicator as to where our bullpen is at and how strong we're actually going to be. Uh, what needs to happen is Walsh needs to be in there more than Pujols. Walsh mm. needs to be hitting more than Pujols. He needs to be on first base more than Pujols. I want to see Jared in there more often. Give him an opportunity. Give him a shot. Use Albert's ability to lead people. Use Albert's ability to be a great man of character and a great leader. Let him influence. Man, even put put Albert as the first base coach or put Albert as the third base coach, right? <laughs> put him out there. But I think Jared Walsh has to be in the field. And the thing that we need to know about this opponent is that the Royals, they're young and hungry. This yeah. team is young yeah. and hungry. I don't think that they're the 2014 Royals that blasted us when we Ugh. were in the playoffs, but they're a young and hungry team and they're actually coming up. Your boy Whit Merrifield is a part of the team and <laughs> and I, I, I really, really like him. And I, I think I read just recently that they were actually talking about contract negotiations with him and he might be like the face of the Royals for the next few years. But wow, um, I, they're, they're a young and hungry team and they have a lot to prove and they're Kansas City. Nobody really thinks about them until they're actually good and then it's too right. late. And so I think that they're going to want to prove themselves. And so I think this is going to be a pivotal, pivotal series for the Angels. I love that. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to talk about them. And it was good that we got a chance to go over those first four series and, and kind of preview the month of April, really. Yeah. Um, especially uh, with opening day tomorrow. We're so excited. Um, we have a few more predictions, Mike. Do you want to go through those together and just kind of share real quick, like what we're thinking for some of the awards that are going to happen this season i mean it is you know opening day is tomorrow and you know it's we have no idea how this season is going to pan out right but i think it's still fun to uh make our predictions so where do you want to start let's start with uh this season and then we'll actually talk about 2022 after that and when it comes to this season let's make some predictions on who we think are going to be the mvps the cy youngs and the rookies of the year i love that and so i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm going to say the al mvp is Mike Trout. <laughs> I was looking at his stats today, and the lowest he has finished in the MVP voting was last year. He finished fifth. Yeah. He finished yeah. fifth. <laughs> I, and he had two years, three years where he was second. He finished third one year, and he's won the MVP already three times. If he retired today, he is in the Hall of Fame. And I am so thankful that we have him on our team, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that we have this podcast because we're going to get them to the World Series this year. That's right. How about for uh, AL MVP for you? Well, uh, I have to agree with you. It's, uh, you know, I'm making a bold prediction here and saying Mike Trout. Um, Speak it into existence, John. <laughs> Mike Trout will win the AL MVP. Yes! <laughs> um, 
Now, you made an interesting point. You said that, you know, he's got uh, three MVPs and he was fifth in voting last year. Yeah. To be honest, he should have four MVPs. Yes. Maybe even five if we yeah. weren't so caught up in the Triple Crown and, and Miggy back in the day. But um, there, I've seen a lot of sentiment turning around on that MVP vote for Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Where he got the Triple Crown turning around and saying, maybe we should have given it to Trout. <laughs> but Man. I mean, it's, it's easy to pick the AL MVP. And for me, that's Mike Trout because it's still his game. Yeah. And especially in the AL it's still his game. I know we got young studs coming up yep. in, uh, uh, in Soto and Tatis and and uh, and those guys. So, But it's still Mike Trout's game. Um, and maybe not for very much longer. Um, you know, these guys are making a really big impression, but nobody does it like Mike Trout does it. And so for me, he is the AL MVP all the way. Can I tell you my NL MVP? Yeah, please do. Man, I got to say... I, I'm really confident it's going to be Mookie Betts. Really? Okay. Dodgers. Yeah. Why is that? I think Why a, do you think? I, th- I think a full season with the Dodgers is going to be huge because they got the 60-game sprint last season. And I got to tell you, man, I think that just seeing what he's capable of already when he was with the Red Sox, um, he's already got one MVP um, in 2018. Yeah. And he's got a much better team around him this time that will only elevate what he can do on the field. Um, so I, you know, I'm not as confident as my Mike Trout pick, of course, right. but I got to say Mookie is just on a tremendous <laughs> He's on a great team and they're the world series champions and the, a full season of Mookie Betts with the Dodgers is going to be something to watch. So yeah. how about you? I think it's going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. Of the oh, Atlanta I like that. Braves. I can see that. And I think he's the, he's the superstar on the best financial deal like those Braves have done a great (laughs) job of signing their players but I love Acuna Jr. I think that he is an incredible ball player and I think that what's going to push him over the edge is I think the Braves are going to actually be really really good this year yeah and and I think they're going to give the Dodgers a run for their money so I think Acuna Jr. is going to be the NL MVP that's a great pick for AL thank you very much for AL Cy Young I'm actually going to go with a name that I think is not going to surprise you. I'm going to pick Garrett Cole um, (laughs) because I think last year, the short season, I think through him, I think the big contract, a lot of pressure. I think this year, a full season, full spring training, and he's on the Yankees. I think he's going to win 18 to 20 games this year. And Mm -hmm. I think that people are going to know that. And I think the Yankees are actually going to run away with the NL East. And so I can see Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young. I think he's going to strike out 200 batters. And I think he's going to settle in to the ace of that staff. And that's what they want from him. And I just didn't think he had the time to prep for it. And I think he felt the pressure of New York last year. What about you? Yeah, uh, Garrett Cole is also my pick. Okay, um, and we and t- for for the listeners, we didn't go over this together beforehand. These right. are off the cuff for us, um, right. In terms of sharing our picks together, but uh, Garrett Cole, it's just too easy, man. I mean, he's the best in the AL. Yep. I think you know. I know Shane Bieber got it last year, but uh, kind of like how I was saying with Mookie Betts being surrounded by the Dodgers. Garrett Cole is going to have a full season with the Yankees, and this is the season that he wanted last year and yeah, didn't get. Right, and so this is what that season is going to look like. He's just going to be a stud. Um, I will say that he's lucky to be in the AL because NL, the National League, has all the pitching. It does. <laughs> I I do think that the person that's going to give Garrett Cole a run for his money is Lucas Giolito of the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I think that'll that be he interesting. Is going to give him a good run for his money. So I think I would put them like one and one point five. 
I love that. Hey, how about the uh, Cy Young in the National League? Who do you think there? Okay, so this might surprise you, and it might be a surprising name for a lot of people, but I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Jack Flaherty of the St. Oh, okay. Louis Cardinals. Um, who, what, you thought I was going to pick you? Like, <laughs> I, no, I thought you were going to pick who I picked too. Like, oh, okay. last time, Alex Cobb. No, uh, <laughs> I, I think yeah, he he's going to be great. I think that the Cardinals are always a consistent team, and I think that they always have strong pitching. If you look back at their history, they always have these great young up and coming pitchers. And yeah. I think Jack Flaherty is going to impress some people. Think. Um, the pitcher from the Mets that won the Cy Young just a couple of years ago, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, not Syndergaard, uh, but uh, DeGrom. Um, DeGrom, yeah. DeGrom. Uh, think DeGrom when he won like, I think, eight or ten games, and but his ERA was low and his strikeouts were high. I think that that's going to be the type of year that Flaherty is going to have. He may not have these... Uh, eye-popping numbers, but I think he's going to be so consistent and so dominant that it's going to be hard to forget about him. It's going to be hard to ignore him. So Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals, I think he's going to win the NL Cy Young. I like that pick. Um, I I was interested because I thought that mine was a little bit out of the box. Okay. Might be a little bit unexpected, but really I don't think it is that much because he came in second place last year behind Trevor Bauer, and that is you... Darvish really I'm picking I'm picking you Darvish for the uh, National League Cy Young because I think again that contagious energy that the Padres have right now with all of that terrific starting pitching is going to be something that is just a through line to their entire season yeah and I think that uh, considering he was second last year behind Trevor Bauer who pitched against who pitched with Cincinnati Um, Darvish was with Chicago back last season um so he's just got a better team around him yeah um i'm really interested to see what he can do but you know it's crazy he came into the league the same year that pool signed his tenure deal with us so, oh wow darvish has been around forever and before that he was pitching in japan that's so, right uh you know and he since since the cheating astros took his world <laughs> series win away from him in 2017 when he was with the dodgers i think that I think that really ticked him off because yeah. since then he's turned it around and, and not to say that, I mean, it wasn't his fault, obviously they were cheating and they're right. making him look bad, which I think is total garbage pun intended. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm just really impressed with the way that you Darvish has turned it around. I would have loved the angels for them to have made a trade this off yeah. season for him. Yeah. Um, so I think he's with a team that's going to help him do it. So I, I pick you, Darvish, for that. You know, I just a side note, I can't wait for the debrief of your game when you go see the Astros and, <laughs> and you just talking about everything. We're going to need to do like, that's going to be a whole podcast. It's going to be inning, <laughs> inning number one, what did you say? Inning number two, how did you feel? Inning number three, what did you throw? I think that that's going to be a fantastic podcast. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> How about for uh, rookie of the year in the AL, John? Who who are you thinking about? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and actually go out on a limb and not say Mike Trout like you said earlier. <laughs> but I'm gonna say uh, go out on a limb here and say I'm gonna say Jared Kelenek from the Mariners. Okay, I think the Mariners are gonna go back to back with rookie of the years. Interesting. Okay, um, I think that uh, he's got man, he's got the power, he's got the speed, he can hit to all the fields. He's a lefty. Um, they, he's not starting the season with them, but I think, and, and so my pick here kind of hinges on what they do with him. Right. Right. Uh, coming into the season. I know that he's not with the team to start. 
But uh, I think he can do it, man. I think he's going to be really impressive when he comes up, and they're going to be those pesky Mariners, and yeah. he's going to be the centerpiece for that. So yeah, I, and and uh, I, I think them having another uh, rookie of the year this year will be. Um, just kind of show us like, oh man, the Mariners are definitely the ones to watch. They're so. up and coming. Yeah. 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 Who'd you pick? So mine is contingent on the energy and the excitement and the play from the World Series. I think mm. if Randy Arozarena can actually carry over what he did in the World Series last year, I think he's going to have an incredible, incredible year. And yeah. And I think there might be some personal... I want to prove myself because I don't know if you heard about what happened in the offseason, but he was actually accused of some domestic abuse and then he got cleared and it was actually something that didn't happen. And I wasn't sure if it was with a wife or with a child, but it was something that happened and it was actually not true according to news outlets. And so this, and he seems like a very quiet guy. And I I think this guy wants to prove himself, but he was incredible in the world series. And I think he can carry that energy into this season. Plus he's on the Tampa Bay Rays. They're a really, really good team, except when they're in the world series and they're winning and they pull Blake Snell, but they're a, (laughs) they're a really, really good team. And I think a Rosarina is actually going to be a strong candidate for AL rookie of the year. I think he actually gets it this year. I love that. Uh, for rookie of the year in the national league, I was split. So I have two, I have two picks. Okay. Um, and, and recently there's been some news that kind of influenced this, but I, I picked two starting pitchers. Oh, really? I picked Ian Anderson for the Braves. Yep. He's on my list. (laughs) And I picked Sixto Sanchez for the Marlins. Um, I really like him. Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is he's not starting the season with them. So oh, really? Okay. I'm not sure why. Maybe maybe they don't need a full rotation at this point, just based on their schedule. But here's what I like about them. They both had postseason appearances. They were both dominant in those appearances. Um, I think uh, Sixto pitched like five scoreless innings. Hmm. Um and Ian Anderson did something similar. So I just I I love when the pitchers get recognition and especially yeah. in these kinds of awards. So yeah. I'm going to say Ian Anderson for the Braves um, because he is with the team, but I could also see Sanchez getting that nod as well. So Man, yeah. Sixto is like the perfect name for a starting pitcher that you want out on the mound. Like <laughs> that's fantastic. And how great it would be to see somebody a young a young pitcher for the Marlins win that because, you know, the Marlins that's the only way they can win is actually having these young right. guys that come up. Right. Um, I, I think the NL Rookie of the Year is going to be Key Brian Hayes. He is yeah. the Pirates' third baseman, yeah. and and this kid looks phenomenal. There's actually a, a funny connection to Key Brian. His dad is Charlie Hayes, mm-hmm. and Charlie Hayes played baseball in the 90s. He was on the Rockies. He was on the Yanks. He had one really, really good year with the Rockies. He won the World Series with the Yanks. But the reason why he, his name stands out is, John, do you remember years ago, we're looking at our baseball cards. It's me. Oh, no. It's brother Jeff. And you were <laughs> you were laying in your bed watching us and you had a cup of milk with a lid on it. And we were we were trading cards and Jeff was in the midst of a trade and I was about to say yes to the trade and then you dropped your cup of milk on his baseball cards. And one of the cards that got ruined was a Charlie Hayes card. It was Charlie Hayes. And so that's why when I saw it was Key Brian, I'm like, I wonder if that's Charlie Hayes' son. And so I did a quick search and I found it. I'm like, that's got to be my rookie of the year because John spoke it or spilled it into existence years and years ago. Existence. Oh, man. Man, why was I always drinking milk in a cup? 
with uh, a lid. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, you know, milk does a body good, I guess, or it's good for your bones. I don't know. Do you remember that moment? I don't know if you remember that moment. Oh, man. I probably, it's in there somewhere. You I did spill a lot. And so it's yeah. probably hard to remember all the moments you spilled. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, I think Key Brian Hayes is actually going to be the rookie of the year. He's a third baseman for the Pirates and, again, looks phenomenal, had a really great spring. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see him play this year. Why have a podcast with your older brother if not to share memories <laughs> like that? It had to happen sometime. It had to, and there's more to come, so stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) How much milk did I spill? (laughs) We talked about doing uh, two sets of predictions. So those are our predictions for 2021. And one of the things that we've talked about is actually doing some predictions for 2022. And I know that we haven't played this year yet, but we think that it's important for us, after we win the World Series this year, what are we going to do to actually restock this team? And so, first question is, let's talk briefly about who's under contract, John. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, obviously, we've got Trout, we've got Rendon, we've got Upton and Otani. And then, you know, you got a couple arbitration guys and and things like that. So, um, basically, you've you've got Canning, you've got Walsh, you've got Fletcher... Marsha Nadell will be in the system still, and Max Dassey behind the dish. So, yeah, um, those are those are kind of guys that you can expect to have around, right? Um, right. When it comes to next season, yeah. I I was looking at the numbers, and those four guys: Trout, Rendon, Otani, and Upton actually take up a hundred and seven million dollars of Oof. our salary next Dang. year. So I anticipate that we're probably going to have about maybe forty million dollars to spend. I don't know where the luxury tax threshold is, but it seems like Artie doesn't want to go past that. Yeah. And I, I don't blame him because there is a great percentage that they have to pay if you're over it the first year and then the second year and then the third year. Right. And so I don't blame him, although it's not my money. So I'm going to ask Artie to actually go past it so that we can win back to back World <laughs> ask Series. Ask him nicely. Ask him nicely. <laughs> but you're right. There's a lot of people that are going to be arbitration eligible. And so that's going to add into it. But here's the question that I think is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Of the team that we have currently, yeah. Who do we sign? Who do we bring back? Who do we lock in up? Who do we want on the team in 2022? You go first. Um, if we don't if we don't extend Bundy this season, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah, I think that that You're extension a fan. it needs to take place this season. I think that uh, giving him the opening day start was a nod to the loyalty that uh, you know Madden and Manesian are showing him. Yeah, um, and I mean. Look, dude, we've had so many problems trying to get great starting pitching in the offseason. Yeah. Bauer went to the Dodgers. Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. And I know that we're part of the conversation each time, but we've just been stuck because of the salary limits that we have. Yeah. And I know you don't want to dump a whole pile of cash on on some starting pitching on one guy, and and that can be risky. But I don't think... I think Bundy is a modest extension candidate because... He he's proven his worth since he got here last year, and I think that it would be so important for us to extend him. So I think that needs to happen this season. Would you sign him mid-season, even if he started the season off terrible? Um, yeah, I think that if he has a rough start to the season. I think that there's always potential for him to turn it around. You might get a discount, right? <laughs> right. And, you know, maybe if it's not if it's not four years, then it's three years or it's two years. So you think no matter what, he's a he's a quality arm. We should have him a part of the the starting pitching. Yeah, I mean, because right now he he's our number one starter. But yeah, I mean, after the off season next year, 
he's not going to be a number one guy for yeah. us because there are number one arms out there. Yeah. So, uh, but he's our number one right now. Um, and I think he's proven that he might not be uh, Yankees number one, but he's our right. number one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we need to keep we need to keep any good pitching that we have. We need to keep around. <laughs> yeah, I agree. When it comes to pitching, I think that it would be important for us. And I guess for me, it would really depend on what kind of season he has. But uh, Rizel Iglesias and Jose Iglesias, I would mm-hmm. want to bring them back next year. I would lean more in the direction of bringing back Jose next year to play short, perhaps yeah. a two-year deal or a one-year deal. Maybe probably would need to do two years. But I think that he actually is going to be a consistent uh, infielder for us and a consistent hitter for us. And when I look at the the minor leagues, we don't have anybody that stands out like an Eric Ibar or somebody like a Howie Kendrick that's going to take that slot unless yeah. we make a big move and we move Fletch to short and we sign a big second baseman. But I don't anticipate them doing that with Rendon being on the the, the board already. Yeah, the, the thing is about next year's uh, shortstop free agent class is it's phenomenal. Yeah, um, it really is. I mean, and and I I'll, I'll bring this up in a second, but like, uh, you know, Corey Seager's out there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's I know that they're working out a deal in uh for the Mets right now, but um, that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the free agent shortstops next year are really interesting. But I I actually like that move of having Jose Iglesias back, be, especially seeing how he'll perform this season. Um, but I mean offense is not our problem no it's not you're right you're right (laughs) so to go out and get a big free agent shortstop after the season yeah I don't know if it's necessary dropping a bunch of cash on a shortstop probably isn't wise for us although I would love to see what happens with uh, Francisco Lindor in New York. Yeah. You mentioned him. Um, he, he, you know, he got offered. Rumor is he got offered three twenty five, and he came back with three eighty five and, and yeah. twelve years. Yeah. And and I went to look at his numbers today just to see, okay, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, thirty eight home runs. Oh, thirty four home runs. <laughs> but, but we do have a thirty million dollar slot that will be opened. <laughs> Because your boy, Albert Pujols, is not going to be on the team next year. Not sure if he'll retire. Um, you've also mentioned in previous episodes that potentially he's the player to be named later and he goes to the Cardinals. To but see it. what would you do, Johnny, with that $30 million spot? And you don't have to spend it all, but what would you do? Somebody that isn't on the team, what would you do with that money? This is a tough one. It is. Because it is. I, Mike, I just want an ace yeah (laughs) yeah well i just it's it's been so long since you could reliably count on jared weaver to go out there and just like pitch two run baseball three run baseball you know and it's been so long since we've had that feeling um and so i was confident in in when i when we were thinking about who we would sign I was confident in this until I realized that he had Tommy John surgery, and that's uh, Noah Syndergaard. So he's okay. a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. And I mean, if you're gonna go all in on a starting pitcher, yeah, he's the guy to go for. Um, my my like alternate picks were a combination of like Corey Seager and Marcus Stroman. Okay. Um, okay. Because I I I just I like Seager. It'd yeah. be so cool to see him play shortstop and yeah. Marcus Stroman I think is a reliable arm. Um but man, I just to to get Syndergaard would just be that would send me over the moon. This um, is why we're have, brothers. 
because that's who oh, I, yeah? that's who I have down. Oh wow! When okay. you were talking about, I really <laughs> just want an ace. I was gonna say, I got a guy for you, and I know yeah. he had Tommy John, but I think I think he's twenty six, John. He's yeah. twenty six, and I okay. think that we have somebody. Depend, and, and he'll have his chance to work himself out this year. And as we've seen with Shohei, I think next year he's going to be in a really healthy spot, and he'll yeah. be 27 years old next year. Hey, no, I've got I've got him at age 29 coming into 2022. Really? Okay, yeah. maybe I miss maybe yeah. I misread it, but still, does that, does that change it up? <laughs> that, that, yes. Hold on. Let me let me take a 10 million off the table. Right. Um, so so late 20s, I think is is where he lands. Look that up and make sure that I'm uh, I'm correct here, but. Late 20s, I think, is where he lands. And I still think that there is a lot of potential yeah. with him. He'll work out his his arm this year with the with the Mets. And then next year when he's a free agent, if we could if we could grab him, I actually would be all about that. Totally. Yeah, he's 28 years old right now. He was okay. born in 92. Uh, so I was two but, years off. <laughs> yeah, you know. Take off two million for the two years. I was looking back at 2018. <laughs> so I'm off a couple of years. It's not my money. It's Artie's. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, and we just got to have an ace, dude. We got to have an ace. Yeah. I don't know that it's coming up through the system. I mean, obviously, we're excited about Chris Rodriguez and Reed Detmers. Yeah, Rodriguez, if he could be a starter, is going to be incredible. That was what I was going to ask you. That we don't have it on our script, but I I was going to ask you: Is there somebody right now that you would say, man, I think that this might be the guy? Do you think it's Reed Detmers? Uh. Man, that's hard to say. Or what about Chris I, Rodriguez? Because I know that I he's think, a bullpen guy, but they've actually talked about him potentially being a starter as well. He's got to be a starter, dude. He's got to be okay. a starter. Um, I think it's it's uh, uh, Jared Timms of the Talking Halos podcast. He saw Chris Rodriguez pitch, and the only person he thought to compare him to was Walker Bueller. And Ooh. this was like watching him in the minors. Ooh, okay. Um, and and he was so impressed. So I'm like, man, if, if we can stretch out Chris Rodriguez to be a starter and throw how he throws. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, that's just... I'm getting excited just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would agree with you. I, you know, I've said this before, but I think Reed Detmers is actually going to be the guy that we're really, really excited about. Totally. And I think he's going to be that consistent pitcher. Now, this is a big name to throw out there, but think... Greg Maddox, think Tom Glavin. I see that makeup in yeah. Reed Detmers. I see yeah. him wanting to go out there in game. I see him wanting to go out there, and he's not overthinking stuff. There's a difference right. between him and Griffin Canning. I like mm-hmm. Griffin Canning, but it looks like Griffin has a lot going on up in his head. And yeah. with Reed Detmers, it looks like he's got his game on, and he knows yeah. what he's going to throw. He knows where he's going to throw it, and if he messes it up, he's like, man, I'm coming back, and I'm going to throw it again. And that is what you want in an ace. Totally, totally. Well, man, we covered a lot of ground in this episode. Oh, um, I'm tired. I need a drink <laughs> <laughs> and a nap. <laughs> uh, so, guys, we are so excited because next week it will have already been opening day. Woo! We'll have a few games behind us. I will have gone to the Astros game. Yes. Um, I'm not looking forward to uh, Tuesday because I'll have some dental work that I need to get done. So if I, if I come on the podcast next week and I'm like, that's why (laughs) we're all going to assume that you got into a big old brouhaha with the Astros. That's right. But you know, let's just, let's let that be the story instead of let's edit out that dentist part and let's let that be the story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hey guys, thanks so much for giving us a listen. We really appreciate your time. Um, Again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, If you do listen to us on Apple podcasts, 
Podcasts, or if you listen to us on Spotify, hop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, a like, and please write us a review. We really appreciate the feedback that we've gotten so far, and uh, we take that into consideration, of course. Yes, we do. Um, also, find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, at Super Halo Bros. Um, you can find us there. We love interacting with you and, and talking with you. Um, and I think that about does it, Mighty. What do you say? That's fantastic. And Jared Weaver, uh, our offer still stands. Yes. We're going to do our celebration for the Angels 60th anniversary and, and we won't make it weird. We won't leave you unread. I, you know what? Let's do this. Let's have a 60th anniversary for Jared Weaver. I'm down. That's what we're going to do. I'm down. I don't know. Whatever 60 years he wants to celebrate. I know he hasn't been alive that long, um, <laughs> but we're going to celebrate it anyway. Let's do it. It's, it's going to be all about Jared. All about Jared. How could anyone not like him? How could anyone not like Jared? Come on. <laughs> He's your boy. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week.